Hey, I'm Maria Hedian, a former corporate professional turned CEO and fashion career educator. At 15, I decided I was going to be in the fashion industry and set out to find my path, no matter what that took. With zero industry context, I worked job after job, some of them completely unpaid, in order to find my way into this exclusive industry. Knowing the hardships of getting into the fashion industry firsthand, I took 20 plus years of personal experiences and turned them into tools to help you turn your passion into confidence and your dreams into reality. Join me each week as we discuss all of your career questions and identify behind the scenes industry strategies and techniques. Every episode is designed to help you take immediate action that will take your fashion career to the next level. Together, we will make your fashion career dreams a reality. This is Into the Fashion Industry. Well, hey there. It's been a little while since I put out a new episode, and man, I've got to say, I definitely miss being in my studio, also known as my closet floor, you know, and just connecting with you and bringing you some fashion industry career information. These last few months, I've been really busy working on a few projects. Back in September, I actually managed three fashion shows for New York Fashion Week. I also worked with Bergdorf Goodman on an exclusive event. And now for the holidays, I'm actually back with Bergdorf working on their holiday windows and some events centering around their theme of the season called Magic in the Making. I've got to say, it's definitely been surreal. Being in charge of runway shows and large luxury events is definitely not what I thought I would be doing when I first started out in this industry. Now, before I go into today's lesson, I do need to tell you about something special that I created for anyone who dreams of working in these types of fashion events. It's called the ITFI roster. For those of you that don't know, in the fashion industry, there are lists that agencies, brands, and companies have called freelance rosters. It's basically like a database where they add people based on their experience who could be a fit for their projects and events. When they have a new project that they need help with, they reach out to the people on these rosters first. Historically, these rosters have existed for freelancers with many years of experience under their belt. Being on these lists has brought me work, connections, and opportunities over the years, and if you're interested, I'll definitely make an episode dedicated to freelance rosters. Now, for this past Fashion Week season, there were multiple times where I needed volunteers and assistance for projects, and believe it or not, I couldn't find anyone to help. This is when I realized that I needed to create a roster of my own. I also realized that there aren't any rosters out there for volunteers who are just starting out and have limited experience in the industry. So I created one. The ITFI fashion roster is set up so that both freelancers with experience and fashion enthusiasts who are just starting out can apply. The best part is that you'll be informed of projects and events before anyone else. This is going to ensure that you get opportunities to start or further your experience in the fashion event space. Plus, it's going to help me understand who's serious about participating in these opportunities. Just head over to mariahedian.com forward slash roster dash sign up. The link is also going to be in the show notes for anyone who's interested in learning more and signing up. So I'm sure many of you have poured through the pages of Vogue since you were a kid, taken in all of the fashion season after season. Or was that just me? In any case, I have no doubt that your love for this exclusive industry and your desire to be part of it are strong. I also completely understand what it feels like to want something so much, but not know how to even start, especially when it seems like everyone else around you is doing what you want to be doing. But don't worry, because today we're going to be discussing some additional ways that you can get into the fashion industry with no experience, regardless of where you live. I know location is a constant barrier to many people, but I hope that by the end of this episode, 
you'll feel better about getting started and unburdening yourself just a little bit from thinking that you'll never be able to start your fashion career because you don't live in a fashion capital. The first strategy to getting more experience and helping you get into the industry is working retail. I mean this 100%. For those of you who are looking at me like I'm crazy or rolling your eyes, just hear me out. When I say working retail, I don't mean getting a job at a local store, miserably folding sweaters for a few hours, doing the bare minimum, and then going home. That's just getting a retail job. What I mean is taking advantage of everything at your disposal. I'll explain. For the sake of this example, let's go with a large local store like H&M. Regardless of whether you're hired part-time or full-time, in high school, college, or somewhere in between, the lesson is the same. Don't just get a job for the sake of getting a job. There's so much to learn when you work in retail, but you have to be willing to take the time to understand so that you can grow, especially if your end goal is a career in the fashion industry. Yes, it is 100% possible to start your career in retail and have it lead to you being a professional in the industry. That's exactly how I started. I got my first retail job at 16. Trust me when I say that at the time, I was not thinking about how this retail job could start or change my career in any way. To me, this job meant I would be financially independent to buy my own things. Plus, an employee discount on the clothes was a sweet bonus. I noticed early on that I loved working on the store visuals. It was something I had never even thought of before walking into a store to shop, but as an employee, I started to notice how the visual manager got to work on all aspects of the store's appearance and didn't have to worry about sales or customers. This made me realize things like how they put certain items in prominent positions for customers to see as soon as they walked in, or they put the brightest colors up in front. As soon as something was low on inventory, something else would take its place, and if it was an item that was also on a mannequin, it would also have to be changed and reflect the new product. I was intrigued by how much planning and psychology went into the store's visuals and how it was all based and led back to sales. Depending on the store, you could potentially be in charge of changing out mannequins or working on window displays based on your store's sales or new inventory. Other stores, like the H&Ms of the world, have directives that they receive from corporate detailing exactly what needed to go where. If working with customers is more your thing, you could look into being a personal shopper for your store. This role has different meanings depending on the store that you're working at. But back when I was in retail, they existed at stores like Express, the next company I worked at for a few years. This really just meant that you were good at working with customers, asking and understanding their needs, and suggesting some looks or items that fit into what they were looking for. This role is excellent at forcing you to learn the assortment, understand new items or collections that come in, and strategizing what the person that you're working with may or may not like. Now, if visuals and customers aren't particularly things that you like, Maybe it's math. Yep, you heard that right, math. But how does math factor into your retail job? Well, by working at the register. Obviously, you're not calculating totals because the computer does that for you. You're not even calculating coupon codes. What you are doing is understanding the psychology of every customer that shops at that store and then using some math to get them to take the next step that you want them to take. For example, while I worked at the men's store at Express, now this was back when Express was split up into two completely different stores, I loved working at the register. We had an in-store credit card that we were instructed to suggest to any customer that went up to pay. At first, I would get a resounding no even mentioning the words credit card. Opening this card, however, saved you a certain percentage. It was no secret, everybody was told to say this when asking so everybody knew. However, 
over time, I realized that if I focus on not just saying the percentage, I think it was 15% at the time, but instead saying the total amount of money the customer would save and how that translated into their purchase that day, boom, they'd open the card. So for example, I would say something along the lines of, would you like to open an express card with us today? If you do, you'd be saving $18 on your purchase. That's like getting this top for free. I'd have to do quick math to calculate this, but we also didn't have the phones then that we have now. Anyway, working the register made me understand how wording things a certain way, even if it's the same information, would change the outcome if the customer felt that it was to their own benefit. It was my own personal introduction to marketing. In speaking to some of my students about using retail as a means to get lessons that can help you within your career, many of them felt that this meant working harder to make the store more sales and by default, more money. Now, this isn't what I'm saying at all. What I mean is, use the tools, the visual directives, customer spending habits that you can witness in person for yourself, marketing tactics and retail psychology that are all around you, and learn as much as you can from them. These are the things that you're going to be adding to your resume later when breaking down your responsibilities working retail. But we'll touch upon all of that in another lesson. Up next is one of my favorite strategies, and that's volunteering. This route typically works best within areas such as public relations, marketing, or events, given the nature of their functions. But be warned that this one takes a little bit more work to find and obtain. When looking for a volunteer opportunity, you can't be afraid to reach out to absolutely everyone. This means reaching out to CEOs of companies, to presidents and hiring managers, to any of your personal networks or people that you might think would be connected to someone. Absolutely anyone that could potentially have an opportunity for you to be a part of that will help you grow. Many times, volunteer opportunities are not broadcasted or posted on sites like LinkedIn. These are usually the opportunities that are opened in-house and only mentioned to employees to see if they know of someone who would be interested in the opportunity. For that reason, it's so important to reach out to companies based on who they are, based on their values, and on whether they are a company that you'd want to work with, even if there's no official opportunities available anywhere online. While searching for these opportunities, you may find that certain companies turn you down because they don't offer volunteer opportunities. This is where your work begins. If this is a company that you're really interested in working with, take the time to learn about projects that they've worked on and any that they have coming up. Once you have enough information, make a case for yourself. One of the mantras that I live by in my life is never take no for an answer the first time. When you want something bad enough, there is always room to try every possibility. Show this company that you're interested in the work that they do, that you believe in their mission, or simply that you want to be a part of what they're working on. Break down what you could do for them. Think of this as a persuasive essay sprinkled in with parts of a cover letter. Only, instead of previous work experience, you're speaking to personal strengths, transferable skills, and what you can contribute to their upcoming projects. The key here, and I'm going to let you in on a little secret, is confidence. If you go into this feeling bad because you don't have prior experience, it's going to show in everything that you say, in everything that you write, and in every single email that you send to any company. But if you go in there, knowing that what you lack in experience, you make up for an eagerness to learn, excitement to be there, and readiness to be put to work. It won't matter how much experience you have or don't have because the person in charge is going to see that you're a go-getter and that you're serious about working. The best part about volunteering for these particular areas of the industry 
is that it can be done pretty much anywhere in the world, regardless of whether it's a fashion capital or not. Now, you may be asking, Maria, where do I find these emails for these CEOs that you want me to reach out to? And what do I say? Well, my friend, I've got you covered. Head to LinkedIn and look up the company or companies that you're interested in. It'll give you the option to look through the people that work there. You'll want to find people that have roles similar to what you're looking for, or at least within the same department. Now, if you can, send a message via the app or the site asking if it's possible to have an informational meeting with them. This is where you can speak to them about your strengths and inquire about possible volunteer opportunities. Remember what I said before about confidence. It definitely shines through and only works to your benefit, even if inside you feel anything but confident. Another thing to look for when it comes to finding volunteer opportunities are communities that specialize in providing industry information. Now, if you haven't already, make sure to check out the Into the Fashion Industry private Facebook group that has members from all over the world and of all different experience backgrounds together in one place with the sole intention of helping people start and further their careers in the fashion industry. The link to the group can be found in the show notes. How you doing so far? We've got one final strategy to discuss, and that is how using your voice can be one of the strongest ways to create a path to the career of your dreams. Now, what I mean by this is start a blog, a podcast, an online portfolio, or even a beautifully curated Instagram page that shows your perspective. By creating an online space for your work, whatever this may be, it allows you to establish a brand, even if you have limited experience. Doing research, as well as analyzing problems and solutions in your profession, shows that you're passionate and that you're motivated. Most importantly, it demonstrates that you're in touch with your niche. Another benefit of making something personal and creative is that it allows you to expand your network. The more you broadcast your content, the larger the chances are that you can make the right type of people come to you. A blog or a podcast can put your name on the map and allow like-minded professionals or even hiring managers come your way. An interesting Instagram page will give people something to talk about and notice your account. An online portfolio will help you tremendously when you start applying for jobs because it's become so common for employers to include an area where you can add a link to your work on the application itself. This gives them the opportunity to see your work and your style in a specific way through your eyes. Having an online platform showcasing your work will also help you establish a digital footprint. What's the first thing any of us do whenever we find a job or a position that sounds amazing? We Google the company, and if you don't, you definitely should. It's the same with recruiters. Many, if not all of them, will do some kind of Google search of your name. What they see on the results page can impact your chances of getting called for an interview. By having a digital footprint, you're showing recruiters that you're involved and you're interested in the industry, and most importantly, you give them a chance to get to know you even before the interview. For those of you who are content creators in the making, you can take this step further and create a site, TikTok, or YouTube account showcasing user-generated content, or UGC, as examples of your work. Once you have a good assortment of content, you can start reaching out to companies to see if they want to work with you. The beauty of having so many social apps and sites at our disposal is that there are opportunities in all of them that can help your fashion career journey. While this strategy might not be for all of you, it'll definitely help get your message, your look, or your brand out there. And though this strategy takes a bit more work than the others, trust me when I tell you it's well worth it. There's no perfect formula for this except to try it. 
See if you enjoy doing it and continue looking for ways to put your voice out there, knowing that this can only help your career, bring you additional exposure, and ultimately, the industry experience that you seek. In the end, the people that excel in their careers are those that give it their all, even if it means stepping out of their comfort zone and trying unconventional methods to stand out or to learn. The more exposure that you have to people in the industry, the higher the chances are for potential opportunities and networking connections. When you're first starting out, say yes to all opportunities that come your way, paid or otherwise. And while I hate to promote free work, I also know and understand how this industry works. These unpaid opportunities continue to exist. And the reality is, if you don't take it, there's a line of fashion enthusiasts who will. This industry is based almost entirely on experience and connections. Work on both of these separately and you'll see how the fashion world opens itself up to you. All right, my friend, thanks so much for tuning in. If you found this episode helpful, or if you know someone who can use all the help they can get when it comes to starting their fashion career, please share this episode with them. I'll be back here next week with more content to help you on your fashion career journey. Same time, same place. Bye for now.